Listen in as an ex-Google employee and father of seven, mind you, explains why he's tipping his life savings, yep, his life savings, into a very big idea. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now here's your host, Tim Reid. G'day motivated business owner, Timbo Reid here. Welcome back to another episode of the world's number one small business marketing show. A show, by the way, if you didn't know already, laser focused on helping you, the motivated small business owner, grow a business you love through some very smart marketing. So to that end, let's get stuck right in to some marketing G-O-L-D. Small Business Big Marketing with Tim Reid. So, I went to the Melbourne Comedy Festival this week. Laugh! It was hilarious. I have never laughed so hard in a long time. I do love a good belly laugh. I was also pleasantly surprised to come across some great little marketing tips. Who would have thought? At a comedy festival. And that's what I want to share with you in today's editorial. So, my five marketing tips from the funny guys. Tip number one, rely on reviews if you don't want to put people off. Let me explain. In choosing a show to attend, it became obvious that many, not all, of the comedians avoided being too specific when describing their performance on their website and brochure copy. Initially, I found this a bit annoying. Then I realised why they did it. You see, the more specific they were, the easier it was for the consumer to quickly decide, no, that show's not for me. The broader they were, the more intrigued I was. In fact, I found myself relying on the image they used to decide if I'd attend their show or not. But even more influential were the quotes from media outlets. Side-splitting, said the Herald Sun. Filthy, disgusting, and very, very naughty, suggested another. These were the basis for deciding what show to attend. Tip number two, make people laugh. Laughter builds emotion, team. We've spoken about this before. All great brands know this. Find opportunities in your marketing to, at the very least, put a smile on people's dials. Life's too serious. Maybe even make them laugh. And yes, this applies whether you're selling business to business, B2B, as we call it in the trade, or B2C, business to consumer. We're all human. We all love a good laugh. And people, I reckon, buy from funny people. Marketing tip number three from the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Get your audience involved. Both shows I went to involved audience participation, and it added a whole other dimension. I'm currently doing some speaker training and I'm also being encouraged to get audiences involved more often. I did it last week and it worked an absolute treat. It makes what you have to offer so much more memorable. And by the way, this idea applies just as easily to your online marketing activities as it does to if you were speaking at a networking event or an expo. Think about how you can get your prospects involved via, say, social media or email marketing. You can and you should. Tip number four, cross-promote as often as you can. At the end of both shows, the comedians suggested other shows we'd also like. Amazon do this. 
People who bought this book also bought this book. You know, you've seen that when you've bought a book before. It's useful for the audience and it's just good karma to promote other businesses. By the way, the two shows I attended, or attended, the two shows I saw were called Kraken and Dr. Professor Neil Patel. Absolutely hilarious. Tip number five, use flyers more often. So much marketing lives online these days, but what about the good old-fashioned flyer? I think every business should have something physical they can leave with a prospect beyond a business card. Two or four pages that clearly states the problem, reveals a simple solution and contains a solid call to action is marketing gold. Get one designed, print 200 and test it for yourself. So there you go. My five marketing tips from the funny guys from the Melbourne Comedy Festival. What a laugh. Alrighty, we have got, as usual, as usual, when isn't it an action-packed show, by the way? I mean, that's just what we do around here, the Small Business Big Marketing Show. It has to be action-packed or it wouldn't be on brand. That's what I'm thinking. Now, there's a fireside chat coming up with Troy Westley. He's an ex-Google employee who has tipped his life savings into a big idea that solves a very big problem. Before we get stuck into Troy, let me share some insights from our very, very good friends at, you guessed it, Net Registry. Now, I was at their head office earlier this week in Sydney, met up with Karen and Verity and kind of had a bit of a bit of a sponsorship meeting, but also Karen, who has been my contact at Net Registry for the last couple of years, is going off to have a little baby, her first baby. So, Karen... I wish you all the best and may motherhood and parenthood be an absolute delight. And thank you so much for all your support over the last couple of years. You have been an angelic sponsorship manager. So thank you. And uh, now uh, I'll be working with Verity and they are bringing on someone new. So that's always exciting. Now, um, another exciting thing that is happening at Net Registry and with the Small Business Big Marketing Show is that we have just introduced a, a blog on the Small Business Big Marketing website that is purely dedicated to online marketing, right? So the way it rolls is that on the homepage of the Small Business Big Marketing site, there is a little banner, and I'm just going to click on it now. I'm just going to go to the homepage. There is a banner on the right-hand side that says, Your Online Marketing Questions Sorted Free. And there's a Net Registry logo. Click on it, and you will be confronted with a little form where you can give us your name and an email address and you have 250 characters to write your most pressing online marketing question. And in doing so, the specialists, the online marketing specialists at Net Registry will answer it. Now, let me share some of the questions that have already been answered by listeners. Um, how do I know about SEO? How do I know what SEO company is going to give me the best value for money? Asks one listener. How important is image optimization for SEO? Here's a good question. If I had a brand new business, no website, and $10,000 to spend on online marketing, 
How would you recommend making the most of those funds? How do I maximize my e-newsletter open rate that I email each week? And there are just question after question after question. Now, you have the opportunity to ask an online marketing question and the guys, the specialists at NetRegistry will answer them for you for free. No obligation, no nothing. We just want to get your online marketing sorted because that's what the guys, the team at NetRegistry do. So head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on that little banner on the right-hand side that says NetRegistry, and you can send us your question, and we will get it answered quicker than you can say, geez, NetRegistry really get your online marketing sorted, don't they? Now, my guest today is Troy Westley, and Troy is an ex-Google employee. He, in fact, he was the enterprise sales manager at Google, and he's now the founder of CareMonkey, which is an electronic medical emergency and permission forms service system process. You can call it whatever you want, but it solves a massive problem. And that's what great marketing does, doesn't it? It just solves problems elegantly and simply. So there is marketing gold dripping, dripping from this ceiling as Troy and I sit around the fire and chew over how he's managed to make Care Monkey what it is today. I started off by asking Troy about that very, very funny film all about Google, The Internship. Oh, look, it's fairly accurate, and I saw that movie as well and had a few good laughs. Uh, Google is an extremely... Uh, look, it's a, it's a fantastic place to work. Yeah. Uh, it's full of creative people and, and they certainly treat their staff with the utmost respect and, and give a lot of, um, a lot of benefits in, in terms of free dinners and free breakfast and lunch and lots of little perks and, and slides to go from one floor to the other. It's, it's quite an interesting, interesting place. I thought you said slides then from going from one floor to the other. I did. <laughs> Let's just get clear there, mate. Are we talking sort of bright primary colours, yellows, reds, blues, where you literally slide down from the second floor to the first? You nailed it there, wow. too. Exactly that. Wow. Is, is that gimmicky? I mean, that is gimmicky, but what does that? What did you find that did as a staff member? Did you go, I'm just sliding down to the first floor, or you take the stairs? It's just, look, it's just a bit of fun, Tim. And, right. um, you know, pe- people enjoyed that environment. It, it was different. And, and colourful and uh, just just a good good place to be around. Yeah. So and um, that, all those perks. I mean, you read. There's always the there's two views to that whole Google thing, isn't there? There's one that says you know they just work you to the ground and um, the hot the free dinners and the fun and all that's to keep you there working twenty hours a day and hopefully their, their greatest wishes that you sleep at the office or um, is that is that is that part of it? I think it's part of it. Uh, there's, there's definitely no reason to leave the office. So. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, that, that's definitely part of it. And that's probably one of the reasons why I didn't hang around at Google for too long. Yep. Like, it, it, it was a really difficult job to get. Uh, it was a, a hard um, interview process that took several months and about seven different interviews and wow. um, presentations and, and so on. But to be honest, Tim, I was too old. Yeah. And, 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 and not too old in terms of... Um, you know, being a fuddy-duddy. Yeah, but, we're, we're, we've all got 19-year-old brains, us blokes, but... It was... Yeah. <laughs> but my... Uh, look, like, I'd already had 25 years 
experience in IT. Right. And and it would have been a perfect job if I was in my twenties, but being in my you know forties, um, yeah. I kind of was getting itchy feet to go and do something for myself. And if I was going to work that hard, I wanted it to be on, on my own idea. I had that exactly the same experience mm. at Flight Centre where, um, you know, it was just a young culture. It was party. It was social. They expected you to be there long hours. Certainly, as the marketing manager, you had to be there before the stores opened and after they closed. And, you know, I was, I was raising a young family and I, too, was just in the – it was a, it was a great job, but it was there. I was there at the wrong time and um, – so, you know, it's funny they didn't pick that up. And it's, it's funny, like Google's, you know, that process that you've gone through over months, it's funny they didn't pick it up. Yeah, look, look it's, not, it's not Google's fault. It was probably, it was probably my fault because at, at that point, um, I just, at that point, I didn't have the courage to mm. quit my day job and to get into a startup and create something new. Mm. And, and it took a little bit of, uh, took a little bit more courage to, to go and say, right, I've got a good idea. I'm going to commit to it and go for it. Well, let's talk. I love the courage discussion, Troy, because uh, it's the difference between kind of good and great often. So were you at Google, while, whilst at Google, just how long were you at Google for, by the way? Uh, it was just over a year. Yeah, wow. So you really kind of um, realised pretty early on that you're in the wrong place. And um, did you have the idea for your own business pre-going into Google? No, at that point I didn't, but I was spending a lot of the time um, coming up with ideas. So for several years I'd had itchy feet and, and wanted to get into my own, uh, into my own business, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I spent a lot of time every morning uh, standing in the shower until the hot water ran out thinking up ideas, and they were all terrible, and, and the, the acid test was would I quit my day job mm-hmm. uh, to, to do this business or to try this new startup. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I've got a family of, of, with seven children. You do. So, which is a, uh, an expensive household to run. <laughs> so, so it wasn't a, an easy decision to go and, and uh, you know, leave the, leave the pay packet that, that feeds the family yep. to, 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 and to take a risk. Man, I just I can hear listeners. I, it's, uh, unusually, this show has a high proportion of people trapped in cubicles listening, Troy. So uh, right now, many people are going, oh, gee, where do I find that courage? And, and for you, really, was it like – because pre-Google, you're at Salesforce, correct? Yeah, I was, yeah. At, sales, I was at Salesforce for six years. I, yeah. I was the first employee in Asia Pacific, and that was a brilliant job. Right, and, so uh, even in that time, you, you, every morning in the shower, hot water running out, ideas coming to you, you going, nah, wouldn't leave my job for that, and then all of a sudden, one day, um, an idea in Care Monkey has come to you. Is that right? Is that kind of how it worked? Yeah, what, what happened is um, I, I started uh, – Coming up with a lot of ideas, and I thought, right, if I'm really serious about this, I'm going to have to, to leave leave Google. And uh, I still didn't have all the courage. And, and, and what I did was I, I left the company and I took up a six month contract with a friend of mine. And um, and the the deal I had with him was that I'd work three days a week in his business, and that would give me four days a week to work on my ideas. And we got to the end of the six-month contract, and he said, Troy, this has been great. We've achieved so much. Let's talk about what we're going to do in the next six months. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I've just invested another six months in someone else's business mm. and got nothing done. And that was, that was the turning point for me. I said, well, if you're going to do this, you need to burn all bridges and have a crack. And right about just about at that time, um, I was rifling through the filing cabinet at home, 
and I pulled out a piece of paper by mistake and that piece of paper was uh, one of our boys' asthma plans and, and an asthma plan uh, that's prepared by the doctor, it describes the symptoms of, of the person uh, having an asthma attack and it also tells you what to do, how to save their life. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this piece of paper and I thought, what is this doing in the filing cabinet? I mean, I, I felt embarrassed as a, as a parent and, you know, ashamed of myself that we hadn't made copies of this and given it to school teachers and to family friends and to grandma and, and, and other people. And um, this, was, this is where I got the idea for CareMonkey because I started thinking about how we use social networks today and we're, we're posting photos on Facebook and we're tweeting on Twitter and we're making business connections on LinkedIn, but there was no electronic network for sharing care information so that you could look after the people that, you know, your loved ones. And uh, that, was, that was when I got the idea and I thought, right, that's it. And... Um, that's how we got started. Wow. And there really was. There was no, there was nothing, you could find nothing that allowed you to electronically save this information. No, no not in a, yeah, not in a secure, and, and you, it's crazy, isn't it, in, uh, in this day and age that, that we hadn't done that yet. Well, you know, it's, it's wonderful to, often I hear small business owners either feel or think or say, oh, you know, someone else has done that. It's too late. You know, the boat's left the shore and, you know, I think that's kind of a defeatist attitude um, because you can still, there's still so many ideas out there. And even if they have been done, you know, there's always the opportunity to do it better. Tell me about, Troy, that time. I want to get into Care Monkey, but like just that moment where you've gone, I've got to burn all bridges. I actually have to say goodbye to this mate who I've done six months for and who's, he's really been benefited and enjoyed, you know, me being around. He wants me to hang around. I've got to say goodbye to him. Um, I've got seven kids, mouths I've got to feed, and you, you must have had some coin in the bank in order to make the leap, I'm guessing. Um, and, yeah, so tell us about that moment. Yeah, look, I did have some savings, and l- let me say I've been drawing down on those. <laughs> <laughs> But, but that's, that's part of taking the risk. And, and given that I was in my 40s and already had a good uh, corporate career, I was in a position where I could actually take that risk. And it, it was really a matter of just saying, look, are you going to do it or not? Um, and my wife was um, supportive and the rest of my family that I, I told or spoke about the idea, they were supportive. So it's just really... Uh, in a, in a fortunate position where I, I could do it. Now, what, what, what if they weren't? That's a good question. Uh, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have done it. I, look, I, I wouldn't have done it if, if uh, my wife had, wasn't supportive because, you know, we're, we're, we're a team. Mm. But um, I, I probably still would have gone ahead uh, just on with, with, with Lorna's blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you got to have that. I mean, if your right hand man's not or woman's not in in, in uh, cohorts, then you're in trouble. Yeah, well, look, you don't. Um, there's a little bit more research that you need to do, just uh, aside from having a, an idea that you think's yeah. good. Well, um, let's talk. Let's talk about yeah. the validity. How how did you validate that it was a good idea? Well, I started out doing what I call barbecue surveys. Aha, uh-huh. and, and and that is. Uh, every time we had a, a get-together with, with family or friends, I'd ask them how they share information about their family. And nobody did it well. Uh, nobody did it at all. Uh, and then it started, a, a real common theme started coming up with, um, with parents of school-aged children. And 
parents of school aged children get a lot of forms, particularly from the school. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they get them at the start of the year for enrolments. They get them every excursion, for- mate. Every single excursion. Absolutely. And, and I found myself, you know, um, understanding exactly what they're saying, particularly with all, all of our children, is that every excursion I'm filling out emergency contacts, medical contacts, these allergies, there's my Medicare number, here's the, you know, he's got asthma, this one's needs, can take Panadol or, or, or whatever. Uh, and we write that stuff out a million times and it's really frustrating as a parent to have to repeat yourself over and over all year. But, I mean, you know why you have to do it because the school has a, a duty of care and they need to look after your child properly, but it's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out that it's equally frustrating for the school because they're having to continuously send out these forms. Um, forms get lost. Um, forms come forms don't come back or they come back with missing information. So they've got this constant issue of having to chase up these medical and, and permission forms all year long. It's a real nightmare for them too. And so that's, that's, what, that's the problem we solved. So we, you're at the barbecue. The barbecue test, tick. There's enough people going, yeah, yeah, we get all these forms. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, what was the next step of validating the idea? The next step was to go and talk to some schools. Yep. And, uh, yeah, th- then I found out that that confirmed that the issue was probably even worse for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we went out and designed a system that, that could solve the problems for, for the group, you know, say a, a school or, or a club or even a business, yep. uh, and, and with parents and individuals who want to share care profiles. And, and, yeah, well, it's much bigger than schools, yeah. isn't it? The whole care monkey thing is about any 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 body of people that needs to share health health information yeah that's right it could be it could be for retirement homes mm. or, or it could be for kindergartens but we've chosen to focus on schools for the moment because we're only a small business and mm-hmm. and i firmly believe that you need to be successful in one specific vertical and, and nail that and and then move on to other verticals so as much why? as we, why uh, I, I read i read a book about uh, more than 10 years ago called Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore, and he talked about the life cycle of, of a product. And, you know, there's a, there's a bell curve, and, and at, at the start of the bell curve, you have early adopters uh, who are willing to uh, have a crack at something new. They like to be first and test out new technology. And, you know, then you, in the top of the bell curve, you have all the, you know, the main market that buys your product, and then it... it um, uh, tails off towards the end with the laggards who are really late to come to the market. Mm-hmm. But his point was that after the early adopters come on, there's there's this chasm or this hole, and you can't sell to the rest of the market because the rest of the market are looking for specific references that are almost exactly like them. Mm-hmm. All right. So what you want to do is you want to get a uh, initial customer base of really. Um, strong references that the main market can um, re- refer to. Yep. Or, or, right? well, t- so, take, take comfort in. Yeah. So if we went out and tr- you know got a handful of schools there and a handful of clubs and a handful of retirement villages and a handful of kindergartens, there's not enough reference space for the main market to go, wow, everybody's doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you pick, you pick one market and you nail it and 
then you go for another one. Well, you're a courageous fellow, Troy, because clearly, I mean, again, you know, you are spending your savings. Uh, you've made the leap in, uh, across the chasm or into the chasm. You have decided to chase down a niche, an inch wide, a mile deep. Uh, it, it would have be very tempting. And again, I see this. I saw this in my advertising days. I see it in businesses, you know, going the shotgun approach, the, the, the scattergun approach, if you like, where it's mm. like, because it would have been so easy for you to go, oh, there's a sporting club. I'll have a chat to them. Oh, there, there's an old, there's a retirement home. I'll have a chat to them because, you know, there's kind of, there's money there and there's money there. But to actually drill down and focus on that niche, I think, I think makes a lot of money. It may, oh, I wonder whether it will pose a challenge for you going forward if you become known Care Monkey and even the name Care Monkey, it looks childish, if you like. I say that with the utmost respect, but you become <laughs> known as the, um, as the, the school kind of, um, application for health information is it going to is it going to require sub brands going forward to appeal to sporting clubs and retirement homes? No, look. Well, firstly, if it did become known as the the system for schools, I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, happy days. Because, yeah, because there's ten thousand of them in Australia and a hundred thousand in the US, and you know it's a it's a huge market. Yeah. But having said that, um, what what we're seeing is um, so. Clubs and businesses are still buying it, and it's interesting that, for instance, uh, one of the one of the clubs that came, one of the footy clubs that came on board recently, uh, they contacted us on the website because their child is at a school that uses CareMonkey, and the club president contacted us and said, "Hey, I've just had to fill out this uh, care profile for my child at the school. This would be awesome for our club." So they get on their, on, you know, so they signed up for their club. And then uh-huh. exactly the same thing uh, with our first business that came on board. We've just filled out this form. Uh, this would be really great for our business. So oh, great le- again, there's, there's marketing gold dripping from this ceiling, uh, Wesley. Um, you know, like when we when we do niche down, people think you're going to polarise all other potential markets. But mm-hmm. you don't, do you? I mean, you, you, you could if you really had polarising messages, but you've just proven that, you know, just because you're trying to target schools doesn't mean other other segments aren't going to use your service. Yeah, correct. Mm. Now, and, and the other thing about um, picking, you know, not going after too many verticals at the same time, it makes it really hard to get your messaging right, particularly on your website. And, and I, I still struggle with this, trying to... You know, trying to be mainly focused on schools, but also not not deter you know clubs or, or businesses from our, our solution. Mm-hmm. So it, it is it is a bit tricky. It would be much easier if if all I talked about was was schools. But then again, you know, I, I think I've, I think I've made the right choice in in mainly focusing on schools right now, and then try to nail some other markets. Yeah, in, in, yeah. In the, in the medium term. Well, I mean, you're right. I mean, again, messaging, which troubles many small businesses. I mean, if you if you can be clear and you can, you know, you know exactly what it is you want to say, then it just does make it a hell of a lot easier. So right now, your messaging is talking the language of probably principals and vice principals and the kind of you know talking about kids and students and just getting that language right before you move on to other to other segments. Mm. Yeah, love it, mate. Hey, um, so uh, listeners, talking to Troy Wesley, who is the founder of what I was originally calling an app, which, Troy, it's not. It's called Care Monkey. Uh, you can visit it at caremonkeyapp.com. Uh, but it's not an app. Explain that, Troy. Yeah, look, 
What our system is, it's a health and safety system that basically allows a school or a, or a club or, or a business or any group that has a duty of care, it, it enables them to request care information, uh, say, from parents. And they, the, the group uses a, a, our website to send invitations to parents and the parents get a, an email that asks them to click a link and enter the details for their child online. It creates a, an online care profile. Uh, that's then instantly available to the group. And then the group, say it was a school, can give access to those details to the right teacher or the right sporting coach. So I might be a classroom teacher of, in grade three and I now have access to all of the children in my class. Um, now, the app side of it is that the teacher can then download the free CareMonkey app for their iPhone or Android phone or, or tablet, and it downloads those care profiles onto their device in, in encrypted format, and that means uh, if, even if there's no internet access, they can still access the information um, on, on the device. So say I'm, say I'm a teacher, we've gone on a camp to Wilson's Promontory, uh, somebody has an accident and I can find out that uh, they've got these allergies, uh, they've, got, um, they've got asthma, here's, here's what to do mm. and here's how to administer the medication. Did you, uh, with the naming um, of it, so I get the name CareMonkey, um, but you've gone with the domain name CareMonkeyApp.com, which I notice when I key in CareMonkey com it redirects so you own caremonkey.com was it a kind of mistake in making your primary domain caremonkeyapp.com that's one of the many thousands of mistakes that <laughs> i've made um, love it and and um yeah we do own like our whole system runs on caremonkey.com and the caremonkeyapp.com is just running the, the wordpress site um the mm. public website now that's going to move over shortly to caremonkey.com right. as, as well yeah caremonkey app will redirect in the future it will yeah yeah, yeah. so let's talk about mistakes because um you know you did the barbecue tests you went and visit, visited schools um i'm guessing troy that you've read the book the lean startup yes i have and do you subscribe to that that, that thinking yeah, we, we definitely uh, we build our business on, on using lean startup principles. Right. Ma- the major one being? Oh, do, doing every, everything that we can uh, quickly, uh, testing, testing it with um, customers, like quick, quick and fast experiments, not worrying about if, if we fail in an experiment, learning from it and, and just evolving fast. So we, we, do, we do things in small increments, um, you know, make changes to our system in, in small increments and test them and then move on. Brilliant. Yeah, so you don't wait. You know, it's funny, isn't it? You've been in corporate life and Google and, and, and Salesforce, completely different. I mean, imagine, I imagine Google would move fairly swiftly despite their size, but I don't know, mate. I mean, it's one of the wonderful things about small business and startups in particular is the ability, to, the nimbleness to be able to move and make quick decisions. Well, well our system changes every single day. Wow. So, that, 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 so there's no... There's no waiting around for the next version. It's every day something gets tweaked or improves or, or is added. Uh, uh, that, that would not affect, obviously, the user experience. I mean, you're talking about tiny things, not always big things, yeah? No, not, not, not always big things, but no, and it does impact the user experience and hopefully for the better. So yes. we're, we're, we're making things better and easier uh, and faster all, all, all the time. Do, do you have channels for users to feed back to you? We've got a... Um, 
on our support site, there's a feedback, a feedback uh, link where people can yeah, give, us, give us feedback. And, and one of the other things we do is, is we send out surveys uh, using SurveyMonkey uh, from time to time, uh, asking for feedback. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, that's a, a really good um, point about sending surveys. The, uh, the last question I ask in our surveys that we send out is, is there, is there anything you think you could help us with or do you think you could refer us to uh, somebody in your network? Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of leads from that. Yeah, right. Um, it, it's one of the best ways to get leads is um, in, in the customer survey to, um, you know, request help. And, and your customers, you know, if you're good to your customers, they're more than happy to help you. And it's, it's been a really good source for us. So that's okay. So I'm, I'm guessing that's a, a key marketing initiative. You, uh, you do a number of things from a marketing point of view. I'm guessing the budget's very modest. Do you mind sharing what your marketing, how much your marketing budget is and what the most effective marketing you do is? Yeah, the, the marketing budget's zero. No, well, it uh, can't be zero. Well, no, we just, you know, I pull out some more money and we, uh, we, go, and, we go and do things. We, we haven't actually got a budget. Right. If, if, right, if so, you think something has merit, you'll you'll throw a modest amount of money at it, correct? We pull the trigger, yeah. You pull the trigger. Yeah, and, okay. and we go for it. So, for instance, the most uh, expensive things we do are uh, we've signed up for some trade shows. Interesting. Uh, we're, you know, so we're exhibiting at, at CBIT and EduTech, mm-hmm. um, which, are, which are large events um, coming up over the next few months. Now, why, why, why? Because, see, but that's a technology uh, thing in Sydney, I thought, attended by government and corporate. don't know what the other one is, but I would have thought you'd be off at school principal conferences. Yeah, well, Edutech's more focused in, in that regard. Edutech, yeah, okay. Yeah, but um, CBIT has a, has a startup um, component, and we're part of that. And there'll be all sorts of people that we can attract there, that, and they might be partners, they might be investors, um, and, and government. So it's good, it's good to be at that. Oh, I'm hoping it's going to be good to be at that show. It might end up being one of the mm-hmm. other mistakes I've made. So. Oh, I'll just chalk it up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 1001. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love your attitude. I mean, clearly there's a smile on your face when you say mistakes we've made. I mean, there's small business owners out there who, who lose faith every time they make a wrong decision or, or don't get the result thereafter. But I think, again, we've got to remind ourselves why we're in small business. And, you know, it is. I mean, we learn as long as we learn from them, I guess, mm. and, and, and don't repeat them over and over. Yeah, but and, and look, there's a lot of there's also the, a lot of things that you can do uh, that don't cost any money. So, for instance, uh, social media. So we've got some we've got a, a site on Facebook and, and Twitter and, and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I one of the really good things I do is I, I enter awards. Um, I, I search for awards, mm-hmm. and um, you get. Uh, a fair bit of exposure if you do well at those. So we've, uh, in the last year, we've won three different awards. We won, we won the State Eye Awards for Best Health App. Uh, we won the $50,000 IT Invention Test in, in uh, December. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we picked up uh, Australia's Best Startup Idea. Mm-hmm. Now, these, these things don't cost hardly any money to, to enter, but the... The upside is media exposure and people blogging about you and tweeting about you and, and ringing you up and saying, would you like to uh, do an interview? So it's, um, those things don't cost much 
Yeah, that's a great uh, strategy. I mean, yeah. sometimes I see awards used incorrectly in the sense that people shout out, write blog, hey, we just won this award, and, you know, they shout it out on social media um, ad nauseum, and I'm not sure that's the most interesting conversation to have, but, you know, the idea of actually entering awards, hoping you win them in order to get that media exposure and all the prizes that come with it uh, can be really useful. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice, mate. Well done on that most recent award too. There was quite a – there was a – there was a bevy of prizes attached to it, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a, there was a, quite a few things. Um, I don't know that we'll use them all, but mm. you know, I did. I didn't enter it for the for the prizes. Mm. Um, I, I entered it for you know, it gives you validation. Um, it give. I mean, one of the things that I really like is uh, being able to put another uh, badge on our website, so that yep. when people actually hit the website, they say, "Oh, they've won this and they've won that," and it gives you a little bit of uh, credibility. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Um, now, mate, you took you, you took the leap. You found all this courage uh, in being courageous, where you can often get the wobbles. Uh, has there been a moment in the shower or elsewhere where you've gone, "Oh, geez, uh, I'm not sure that this was the right uh, course of action." No, not not for a second. Not for a second. Well, no. And, and I've been I've been on it for two and a half years. I mean, there's been lots of moments where I've. I've had, um, you know, where I've realised the mistakes that I've made. And, and the, the biggest one for me was not bringing on a, a co-founder fast enough. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent a year working on, on this by myself and out, outsourcing a lot of work to, to other people. And it was, it was a real headache. And it, and it wasn't until I found a co-founder who was, he ended up being the, the technical side of, of our partnership um, when I found somebody who cared about the system as much as I did, that's when we started to make a lot of progress. Uh, how did you identify that person? Okay, so uh, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but there's a, a website called meetup.com. Mm-hmm. And all around the world, there's meetups every day. And these are, these are um, events that are held by different people. And there might be meetups for salsa dancing in your town tonight, or there might be, you know, there are uh, meetups for, you know, I like, I attend meetups that are IT related. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was a, a meetup that I saw. You've been to a called, salsa dancing one? No, I haven't. No, <laughs> no I haven't. Um, but I, I went, I noticed a meetup called Co Founder Speed Date. And, and this, is a, this was a meetup where people with a business idea or people with a technical skill who wanted to join a, a startup company, mm-hmm. they would get together, do a, do a speed, at, speed date, you know, and potentially you could find a, um, a co-founder. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't actually go to that meetup, but I looked at all the profiles of the people uh, which, which you can do, and uh, there I found Martin Howell, who's my co-founder now, and he had all the skills that um, that I was looking for in, in a co-founder, um, he was about the same age as me, which I think was which was good. Um, I'm guessing he didn't have seven kids. He didn't. No, no, he had two. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't... met you met with him, and um, the rest is history. Yeah, fantastic. That's a year ago. That was yeah, about um, eighteen months ago now. Mm. It's great that it worked, mate, because, um, you know, you hear some horror stories too. And we've on the show, you know, recent times we've had some interesting stories about partnerships not working, family businesses, et cetera. So um, that's exciting. Troy, so, what? So, so, Tim, I've got another piece of advice about that. Because, yeah, go, um, mate. One of the things I was worried about in bringing a co-founder on board is, like, how do you share the business? 
you know, like, do you go and bring someone on board and say, okay, well, all right, we're we're fifty fifty, and um, and then in three months it doesn't work out, and you've you've just lost fifty percent of your business. Mm. Right now, that that worried me for a long time, and I, I did some googling, and I, I found a um, a book um, that talk, called Slicing Pie, and and this book describes a dynamic equity split, and basically. The ingredients of the pie are valued by. Oh, sorry, that the, 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 your share of the pie is devised by the ingredients that you put in, and those ingredients might be time, they might be capital, they might be, um, you know, paying expenses or, mm-hmm. or or whatever. So Martin and I, when, when I met with Martin, I'd already read this book, and I said, Martin, if we're going to go into business together, I'd like you to read this read this book because this is the model I'd like to work out how our um, equity share is going to work. And he thought that was a great model as well, and that's what we did. So every week uh, we worked together. We put in our hours and, and so on, and this spreadsheet just dynamically changes. So one day I might have 50%, and what? the next week I might have 52%. Right, um, but the point is, if if one of the founders decides to leave, um, they've still got their share, but that share will start getting smaller over time as as other people come in and start adding their ingredients to the pie. Their the person that's left their share starts to get smaller. But well, can't they take their share as they leave though? Well. That, that, that's up to you. That, mm-hmm. that, that's up to the that's up to the agreement that you set with your with your co-founder. But that's right. certainly not that's certainly not what we did. And the, and the book, the, uh, I won't go through the whole book now. But I'd, I'd let I'd advise people to have a look at it if they're interested in, in partnering with somebody uh, to have a look at slicing pie as a good model, and it does cover those things. How many other staff have you got now, Troy? Two and a half years in, we've got a team of ten. Wow, full time. Um, most of them are full time. There, there are three in the development team, and then there are five in sales, and then there's a couple of part timers that help us with, you know, with, with finance. And are we talking a virtual team here, or all based in Melbourne? No, there. Most of us are in Melbourne, but I've got two guys in in Sydney and one in Canberra that are doing sales. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm imagining you'd be entering a phase of really uh, knocking on doors, getting out there and, and, and getting sales, getting meetings with principals. Get, getting meetings is the most important part of our um, sales cycle. How because, do you get them? Yeah. That, okay, how how so do you get through the Dobermans? The All right. So th- this, is, this is the tricky part. And, and I'm not saying we've, we've nailed this yet because I try lots of different ways to uh, – Get the uh, get appointments. Um, what one thing that's not working very well is using Mailchimp. Um, when if I send glossy, nice emails, oh, yep. um, I get a lot of open. I might get twenty percent opens, but I might get no replies. Right. But if I send a text, a short text email that looks like it's been handwritten by me specifically for that person, I get good reply. I mean, that, that, I think that's a good a good learning. Yes. Um, uh, let, let's just focus. Very good learning. Big learning. I mean, these these HTML emails that come out of things like SurveyMonkey or Aweber. You know, I 
too often. I'm not sure what yours look like, but I think the fancier the email, the less likely you are to get a response from it because it just looks like hard sell. Yeah. And you, what you've identified is a very basic, again, haven't seen it, but basic text email, personalised, even a little bit clumsy, dare I say, but just just looks as if it's coming from one real person and going to another real person. I've also found, and, and I learnt this from salesforce.com who did this very well, is that in that type of email, uh, you try to keep it to one paragraph and yep. the point of the email is to ask for a, a referral. Uh, because people will say, "Oh, yeah, that's not my that's not my area," but um, I'll introduce you to Bob, All right? and that's yeah. that that is a good way to um, to then be connected. Because then, when you go and then do a follow up email to Bob, you can say, "Well, um, you know, Harry referred me." Warm to introduction. You. So yeah. that that first email, just I'd love to get clear on that. So you're sending it saying, "Hey, listen, it's Troy here from Care Monkey. This is what we do, and I'm looking, wondering if you know anyone who could um, really benefit from this service." Well, you can say, look, I'm researching whether your school um, is interested in, you know, uh, health and safety. Could you give me a, could you let me know who I should be speaking to? You know, something like that. Yeah. I, just, I just spoke it quite clumsily, but that's the point. That's the point. You just ask for a referral. More courage, Troy. You're, you're a brave bloke. Short emails, modest marketing budgets, jumping the chasm. Must be a tough guy. No, not really. It's it's, it's a lot. Of, it's, look, it's a lot of fun. I've, Seven I've, children. <laughs> I've never been more energised than than I am, uh, or than I have been in, in, in the last two years. It's doing doing your own thing. It's um, you know I'm waking up every morning and I'm jumping out of bed because there's a million things to do and and, and there's not a million people to do it. Love um, it, mate. I love yeah. that. I can hear it in your voice. Tell me, um, I just want to finish by asking a- another question that will require some courage and some bottle. Uh, you know, I look at Care oh. Monkey and I naively say that can easily be copied. No, I, I put naively in bold, by the way, because I'm sure there's a bucket load of work gone into it. Of course, there has. But there wasn't something like it when you started two and a half years ago. I imagine you do have competition now. Um, I haven't seen anybody um, do what we do. Wow. I mean, the, 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 thing, the thing that's unique about us is that it, let, let's say the school invites you to submit the care information for your child. Uh, that cre- then as a parent, you've created a care profile for your child, but now you can share that same profile with a sporting club and you can share it with grandma and you can share it with a babysitter and, and all of those carers are uh, sharing the one profile. So if you then add a new emergency contact or you upload a new asthma plan or your child's got a new medication, you update that once and then all of those people, the school, the club, grandma, everybody, they've got instant access to the latest care information and no, nobody's done that yet. Um, so we're kind of like the, the Facebook of health and safety. Nice. But, look, but, but, but to your point though, Tim, that doesn't mean anybody, I mean anybody can copy us. Mm. Um, it's They'll have a fair bit of work to do, but it can be done. But I, I, I think about it like this. I mean, Google has tried to copy Facebook with Google+, Plus, yeah. right? And I don't think that's a success. Uh, so just because somebody copies you doesn't mean you're, you're going to fail Correct. Or, or, or that they're going to succeed. Um, the, the idea is to try to make an impact first and, and become the de facto. And I'm... Mm. 
So that, that, that's what, we're nowhere near that. We're nowhere near a, a de facto of anything yet, but mm-hmm. that's what I'd like to get to before other people come in. Yeah, yeah. Well, and as I always say, people can copy what we do, but not who we are. So the fact that you're building up a, way, a brand with its own language, its own personality, its own look uh, too is something that's going to be going to be tough to copy going forward. And the, the quicker you can embed that kind of messaging and language into as many of those 10,000 schools as possible, the better, I guess. Mm. Therein lies the challenge, huh? Well, it, it is it, it is a big challenge. Yeah. And, uh, but we're having a red-hot go, that's for sure. Hey, Troy, mate, I love, I love it, mate. I love everything about this story, and I hope that we can ch- chat in a couple of years or a year's time and, and get an update from you because I, I can only imagine uh, it'll be... Um, It'll be exciting times for you, and that you've kind of um, you've broken into an international market, which I guess is is what six months down the track, or no? We're hooking up our first demo to a school in the US next week. Oh, gee, love it, love it, love it, mate. Love your work, Troy. Uh, and uh, I think we'll talk in six months' time. Forget forget a year. <laughs> All right. All right, good stuff. Thanks, Troy. No worries. Thanks for having me, Tim. What a good fellow that Troy Westley of Care Monkey is. I promised there was marketing gold, and there was. It was dripping. Hope you captured some notes there. Uh, I'm going to wrap up with my top five learnings from that interview. However, I want to let you into a little secret that smart business owners everywhere are onto. Have you got marketing materials lying around that need a little tweaking, a little zhuzhing up? Maybe the details on your business card need updating or your logo needs altering. Or you'd like to change the colour of that beige short shirt you accidentally wore in your profile shot. That's no worries. We can do that. Well, Swiftly can. That'll be $19 and it'll be done in an hour. Thanks to Swiftly.com. Small design fixes fast. That's how they roll. You simply upload the artwork that needs fixing, tell them what needs doing, and boom, one hour and 19 bucks later, that's $19 later, it's done. Check them out at Swiftly.com. That is S-W-I-F-T-L-Y. So, that Troy Westley fellow, uh, I got a lot from that interview. I captured actually way more. Normally, I would share a top three. I am going to share a top five marketing learnings that I took from that fireside chat. Number one, what about the idea of validating ideas with barbecue surveys? I've heard this more than once, and I think it's a great idea. Go and test your ideas with your friends and your family. But here's the thing. If they don't like it, it doesn't make it wrong. You've got to use your own instinct, your own beliefs as well. Factor that in. Imagine if Steve Jobs had have asked everyone about whether the iPod was a good idea. They would have laughed at him and he never would have done it, but he had the self-belief to go ahead and do it. Number two... Enter awards media uh, for the media coverage. That's a great idea. I'm not a big one for awards. I you know, think they can be a bit of a distraction. But if you enter them with the idea that if you win them, you're going to use them to get media coverage, free publicity, then I think that's a really good idea. Just don't go blogging about it saying, we won this. Aren't we great? It's always what's in it for the consumer. Number three, uh, marketing takeaway from my chat with Troy of Care Monkey. 
make mistakes and make them often. How freeing is that? You know, just get out there, team, and make mistakes. Have a laugh at yourself along the way. We talked about laughing at the top of this program, this episode, but keep moving forward. We learn from our mistakes. If you make the same mistake three or four times, then go and take a good look in the mirror, but um, make mistakes, learn, and keep moving forward. Number four, I loved his approach to simple emails. That whole HTML thing, you know, I reckon's got hairs on it. Simple emails personal, short. He, Troy was keeping them to one paragraph. You could even try one sentence. And number five, niching doesn't mean polarizing other potential buyers. You know, I love the fact that Troy and Care Monkey have chosen to chase after schools. There's enough schools to create a business, but he hasn't polarized sporting clubs and retirement villages and other potential customers. So choose a niche, chase it down. You know, love that. Now, uh, that's it. There's plenty of other learnings, but I reckon that's enough. Go and start applying some of those learnings and you, I reckon, will improve your marketing. Hey, uh, no listener reviews this week to be read by celebrities or anyone else. I've just been a little bit too busy. I know, isn't that? That's a weak excuse. But um, been traveling a lot. Last week, I've been in Hobart and Sydney. In three days' time, I go to Shanghai for a week, delivering a keynote in Shanghai in about five days' time. And then, uh, you know what? No, this sounds ridiculous. It almost sounds egotistical to share, but I am delivering a keynote in Hollywood <laughs> uh, on May 5. So um, I've got a bit of work to do in regards to preparing for that. I've got to make sure I've got the right haircut and do all that type of stuff. But no, um, I have been busy, so no listener reviews. There are plenty on iTunes. And if you do want to leave one, please head over to iTunes and do leave one. Good, bad or indifferent. I love to hear what you think of the show. I've also been extremely busy inside the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, and I would love to see you in there. It is a place where us motivated small business owners hang out. We ask each other questions. We push each other along. We tell each other whether we're doing the good or the bad or the ugly in terms of our marketing. And it's just a place where we do hang out and just get our marketing sorted. I'm in there every day answering your marketing questions. You can join. You can become an exclusive member over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Click on the forum button at the top of the page there. Uh, It's a dollar for the first seven days. I know, too cheap. But uh, that has been taking up my time as well. So uh, happy days. Now, um... That's about it. Net registry, get your online marketing sorted. Good luck, Karen, with uh, the birth of your new baby son or daughter. If you want to call him or her Timbo, go ahead. Bring it on. Swiftly, small design fixes fast. That's how they roll. Next week's episode, it will be Griffo and I inside the monkey cage for a bit of funny business. So look out for that and some ripper, and I mean ripper, with a capital R, uh, interviews coming up in the coming weeks. Enough of that. I'm Timbo Reid in Melbourne, Australia, in case you wanted to know where I was. And you've been smart enough to tune in to the world's number one small business marketing show. May your marketing be the best marketing. 
Bye for now. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.